Namaste. Now in India, every time you speak up against fascism, you're often branded a liberando. And uh, I consider myself a liberal, at least in the traditional sense of the term, in that I actually am up for progressive values. But of course, there has to be a certain kind of a balance in that tribe. <clears throat> but you know, it's 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 a really bad time to be a liberal or a liberando in India right now because we really don't have any kind of a a poster child, right? I mean, there's really no one out there who's championing our cause. Sure, I mean, every now and then there is a Kanhaiya Kumar who comes up and. he offers some strong rebuttals to the men in power but he's not able to sustain it and he's not able to enter the parliament either so it's a bit it's a bit of a problem right now there seems to be this vacuum when it comes to the voice of dissidents from the opposition right up until recently of course uh, thankfully there is a mahua moitra because up until mahua moitra there was really no one in the parliament who could um really stand up and talk up against the establishment i mean when was the last time you even remember uh, an outstanding speech coming from the opposition in parliament it's almost always been narendra modi and every now and then a sushma swaraj right but recently uh, in her opening speech uh, in the parliament mahuma moitra took the floor by storm okay it was an amazing speech she was a firebrand bengali politician and uh, it was amazing to watch i mean not just for the fact that she had some really good points i mean the name of her speech uh, was is called uh, seven early signs of early fascism of course she had some really good points which we'll be talking about but more more than that it was just a whole sheer theatrical aspect of her speech i mean she was going at it i mean uh, she was talking to the 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 um, the head of the the lok sabha and she was telling him she was talking to the chair she was like get the house in order you know all these professional hecklers uh, should shut up and it was amazing it was just amazing to watch um i for instance loved the fact that she went into the super saiyan mode and uh, more than that i mean the mp sitting in the back i mean she was another bengali mp i don't know her name but she was like kali mata has risen it's happening oh my god it was amazing to watch but uh, <clears throat> you know there there's some really good reactions that are coming out of uh, uh, in the aftermath of that particular speech especially on social media and uh, what i really like to watch is that she has scared a lot of media laptops like mr sudeep choudhury okay who has accused her of plagiarizing the entire speech now mr sudeep choudhury if you know is uh, is an is a is a journalist if you want to call him that and he was also in he was also one of those guys who talked about Uh, who spread the story of there was chips in the new 2000 rupee notes which is ridiculous rupee ke har ek note par ngc yani nano gps chip laga hua hoga and it's a little shady coming from him uh, accusing mahom mitra of plagiarizing the entire thing because not not for the fact that people don't plagiarize stuff i mean everyone does it's just that it's it's a little hard to digest the fact that he actually bothered to read something anyway so we are not big fans of the tmc let's just lay it out there because uh, if anyone has the, as much blood on their hands with regard to fascism it is the mamta government but that is not to say that we cannot really stand up and applaud mahamaitra's um, speech in the parliament i mean we can evaluate on the basis of its own standalone merits and that is what we are going to do right today um, we are going to talk about the good the bad and the ugly of the speech by mahamaitra in the parliament 
Now before we move ahead, I think it's best that we list out the seven early signs of fascism which she spoke about. Uh, it started with the first one being superficial nationalism. Then came disdain of human rights. The third one was suppression of dissent. The fourth is control of media. Fifth is the obsession with national security. Sixth is mixing religion and government. And the seventh one lastly is lust to divide, not unite. Okay, now she had a cracked voice uh, during her speech, but she was able to like power through and soar over the other hecklers in the uh, on the house. And uh, it doesn't really take a genius to see that she's going to be the new poster woman for the on the liberal front at least for the next five years. People will be looking to her to uh, as as a, as a person to stand up and actually initiate some kind of a counter narrative uh, in the parliament. All right, um, now. Most of the things that she spoke about in the parliament happens to be standard fare as far as diatribe against the establishment goes. But uh, but there are some really good aspects that we can talk about. So let's just get down into the good first, then we will discuss the bad and then the ugly, right? Now, what we loved about her speech was her point on the suppression of dissent hit right home, okay? Um, we have seen we have seen uh, suppression of voices from the stalwarts of civil society, be it artists, be it journalists, be it activists, and um, even movies to a large extent. And what is what has happened as a result of preempting some kind of a backlash right now um, is that a lot of these artists, these journalists, activists, and scientists have sort of taken on a self-censorship of sorts. I mean, they're starting to now evaluate their work before even publishing it. They're like, will this go out? I mean, what will happen? Will I be called out? That's really not the way to go. And we really loved Mahoma Moitra's points on how dissent is at the core of the Indian argumentative spirit. I mean, that's that's something that we truly believe in. And it's something that is something worth championing. Now, irrespective of whether the voice of dissent is making some valid points or some invalid points. There has to be something, there has to be a counter narrative and it can be debated. It can be debated and then it can be thrashed about. But someone really has to stand up and at least call out the elephant in the room. And that is something that we loved about her speech. We absolutely loved it. Okay. Now, hey, I mean, again, let's just evaluate the speech um, with respect to its immediate context in the parliament. Uh, let's not, you know, judge her and her association with the TMC, for instance, if you had to do that, if you had to take things out of context, um, I would like to talk about that one particular farmer called Sheila Ditya Chaudhary, who, uh, who, raised his, who raised his voice against uh, the Mamta government and said that she hadn't really uh, held her end of the bargain as far as the electoral promises go. This happened way back in 2012. It happened at a rally at a Mamta rally and he was arrested, okay? And um, how about the handling of another voice of dissent, a certain Professor Ambikesh Mahapatra, who is the, uh, a professor from the Jadopi University, who was arrested for circulating some not so flattering cartoons of Mamta Di, okay? Let's just ignore that fact. I mean, let's, uh, it, it does tantamount to the, the uh, how, what is that phrase? I mean, it's called, uh, the kettle calling the something black, right? I mean, what is it? Uh, 
uh, oh yeah the pot calling the kettle black it doesn't amount to that so let's just let's just let that slide shall we um the other great point that she made which is definitely come which is definitely a good point is of her um, allusion to how media is being controlled today and uh, that is actually a very valid point the only thing the only thing that pulls down that particular point is the fact that media has always been partisan for the longest time i mean let's just go back all the way to the late 90s when um a certain media house was established uh, out in the in the corridors of new delhi every media outlet since then has been partisan has either been playing up a, a an apologetic leftist doctrine or as a counter narrative to that now you have media outlets that are brazenly right wing in your face and come what may they will champion the cause of the establishment that is a given today all right now um, let's talk about the bad of mama mata she talks about uh, the sixth point in which she accuses the government of mixing religion and government governance okay now we cannot agree with this we cannot agree with this mainly because this government is not the first one to do that it has been the case since the constitution was established mainly because the constitution doesn't make it uh, amply clear in the legal world okay it's not black and white religion and governance and policy has mixed for a longest for the longest time and there is enough of a case made in the constitution in its favor there's nothing there's no there's no line demarcating like this is a go area this is a no go area this is where the supreme court comes in this is not where the supreme court comes in none of that so it's not enough saying that india is a secular country we actually are not if you look at the constitution and secularism in india doesn't translate to the core definition of secularism that we see in the west it is ambiguous at best and uh, it's a sad point just one case in point if you really want to argue in favor of this particular point how uh, religion and governance and policy making will always be mixed and it is sort of um recognized by the constitution just look at the sabrimala controversy we actually made a great video on it a long time ago and uh, its system of myths are being interfered by the supreme court of all people why is that if religion governance and policy were to be separated we would never have the sabrimala controversy reaching all the way to the supreme court that's just not fair okay now let's come to the ugly aspect of mama moitra's speech which is very strange um she was accused of plagiarizing the entire speech and this is in reference to one particular article written by a certain martin longman um who is an american gentleman he's a political commentator of sorts he wrote this uh, article i think it's a 12 early signs of fascism and it was against the donald trump administration at the time now uh, he was he, he became an internet sensation in his own words and he had a rebuttal of sorts uh, to people who were insinuating the fact that miss moitra plagiarized his speech it was very tastefully done now here's a funny bit um, he proceeded to compare sudeep choudhry to um, journalists american journalists like taka uh, carlson and hanity and in that he basically uh, spoke about how 
there are certain media outlets like Fox, just like that. There are right-wing media outlets across the world. Okay, that's basically that's what what his point was. Now, um, what should have happened actually is that Sudhir Chaudhary should have issued an apology, um, at least a public apology. But he actually held his ground and he dug in. He went after Martin Longman with another tweet and Miss Moitra. He seems to be obsessed with her. Now. Bear in mind, this is the same Sudhir Chaudhary who insinuated that there were chips in our 2,000 rupee notes, and he he basically uh, published a series of stories on this. Now, if you, if you go to his Wikipedia page, okay, uh, he is he's renowned to be an right wing right wing journalist, okay, and right wing journalist. I mean. Is his Wikipedia page literally lists down six reasons why he is a, a fake news anchor and a propagandist? I mean, if anything, he needs a better PR machinery. But that's not that's not serious. Uh, sadly, that is not the case. Uh, people don't stand up and own up to their mistakes, and they don't backtrack. And this is a war that we will most likely see panning out for the next five years. Miss Moitra is going to be the liberal poster child up against. Uh, the establishment and she will probably be the only voice of dissent that we can probably bank on I mean she her speech in English was excellent great diction uh, there's really no one else in the parliament who can probably match up to that kind of a diatribe apart from a Mr. S uh, Sashi Tarur right he is fantastic at that but uh, yeah I mean it's it's a sad state of affairs I mean in India, it's it's going to be a it's going to be at least hundred years before we reach what uh, uh, the American First Amendment. I mean, the American uh, we need to reach that stage of the American First Amendment in India, and it's going to, it's going to it's going to take a it's going to take a bit of doing. But it it starts with baby steps. Now, we may not agree with everything that uh, Miss Moitra puts out. We we are not fans of her party at all, but we definitely welcome the fact that there is. Uh, a counter narrative now. Uh, there is a voice that is piping up, and hopefully, she hopefully she inspires many more, and there are many more such debates in the parliament. Otherwise, we'll just be like discussing one day matram while you know China takes over and things are just going to go to dog. So that's about it from uh, me, and uh, yeah, peace. See ya.